Testing one, two. Testing one, two. Is this thing on? Hello. <laughs> I guess we'll go ahead and get started here. Uh, I'm Justin, and this is Lauren. Lauren. I don't know if we're looking into the cameras. Yeah. Uh, great. Sure. So uh, we're the leaders of YouthAmp in Bali. That's the youth group youth group here at the at the church, and we sort of wanted to put this podcast together for a while. And I think over the summer we just decided to execute on it. Yeah, I've been wanting to start a like podcast YouTube channel for like. Since the beginning of the year, actually. It was one of my personal goals for the year. All right, so we're so reaching personal go. goals. How about that? So Lauren's personal goal, check. And you can- Hopefully we don't make only one video. <laughs> and, uh, well, you gotta start somewhere. I asked uh, I asked Victor if he wanted to do this two years ago or something. And I said, oh, we should do a podcast. And he said, yeah. And I think we were just both too busy and nothing happened. So, I mean, well, now we can just invite him back. We can. He can, can, be, a can guest be a guest. Yes, that would be perfect. So, I guess let's go ahead and and have you tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I'm from the United States. Um, I think Justin's from the United States too. <laughs> but um, I'm from Oklahoma, originally born in Tennessee, and I came to Indonesia almost seven years ago now, which is crazy to think it's already been seven years. Yeah. I was eighteen when I. Came. Why did you make the decision, like, what was the thought process behind coming? I don't know if you were like me, but when, so I booked a ticket to, I thought Bali, we live in Bali, and I thought Bali was in India because of Bollywood. And then then I booked my ticket when I typed it into Google Flights, I typed in Bali, and the first thing that came up was Bali Papan. And so back when I came in 2012 or 2013, there were no Air Asia flights out of Balikpapan. And so when I realized that I had made a mistake two days before my trip, I, you know, so I thought, I thought Indonesia was somewhere in Arabia, in that region of the world, the Middle East or or something like India. At least you didn't think like my friends. They thought that Bali was in South America. Oh my. At least you knew it was on the other side of the world. <laughs> you know, I guess if you could make the case if they were like confused, if they're like, oh, is it Bali or Belize? So anyway, <laughs> tell tell me about like what was the thought process behind you being like, this is where I want to go or this is what I want to do. And then well, where were you at your life? When, at when I first came, I had just graduated high school and actually I was planning to do like a gap year. So I came out here to work with Pastor Don as a gap year and also do some studying online through a college in the U.S. And yeah, I, after the first year, I was like, no, this place is definitely not for me. So I was like, there's no way I can stay here ever again. How, how long into your stay did you think that this place was not for you? And why did you think that? Um, well, the whole first year I was here, I was sick like every weekend. <laughs> so um yeah the whole thing was just full of a bunch of drama and also I was sick all the time and I don't know I I just didn't like it here it was hot I don't like the ocean anyways because there's waves and I hate waves so I mean that would be a deal breaker for the ocean yeah it was just like no this is not a place for me but then 
I went back to the States and I was actually about to move to Texas to go on campus at a university. And I went to this worship night and it was just like so clearly God spoke to me, go back to Indonesia now. Wow. So I was just like, um, please no. Like, can you like not call me back to Indonesia? I prefer to stay here. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the like, I had to raise the support, right, to come back here because I thankfully not allowed to work here. So I raised all the support in three months for two years. Wow. So it was just like, okay, God, I believe you. <laughs> yeah, so that's basically how I got here. Wow, that's intense. And so <laughs> what did you, when you came back, what was your vision for that two years that you had raised and you know, what was your purpose? Like, what did you want to do while you were there? Um, when I came back after I had gone home, um, so in 2016, I came back. I have no idea what I really wanted to You're do. You're just jumping off. That sounds I just awesome. Said, okay, I'll just go. And then whatever happens, happens. Uh, and I'll just keep going until you tell me, until God tells me, okay, your time in Indonesia is up. Time to go somewhere else or time to go back home to the U.S. And so I really came with no expectations, which I think that helped me the second time. Because then I didn't see myself suffering here like I did the first year. But I just enjoyed being here and being with people here and making friendships. Whereas the first year, I knew I was going back home. So I didn't really build those connections right. as deep as I should have. So that's probably also why I didn't like it here the first year. Cause I was like, oh, I'm still trying to keep in contact with my friends in the States and then kind of making friends here, but kind of like surface friendships because yeah, you're leaving in a year. Why are you going to make friendships? <laughs> so yeah, but the second time I came back and I just said yes to whatever God put in my path to do. What about you? How did you get to Bali? Or you want to keep going? <laughs> I think the way that I got to Bali was pretty similar. And one of the things I just want to say is I vibe with that idea of like when you go somewhere new and you're you're not sure what you're supposed to do yeah. and you know that there's a set time. So you're just sort of marking off like, okay, I've been here for a month. Like, okay, I've been here for six months. Like, okay, I've been here for eight months and in two months I'm going to go home and trying to maintain all of those relationships because it's sort of like, it's like that nostalgia mm -hmm. and like, it's almost like a Peter Pan complex where you're like, I don't really <laughs> want to grow up and like face where I'm at. Yeah. I, I like where I was and I, I don't quite like you know, this like adulting kind of, I live here and I don't know anyone as it's a foreign language. Yeah. And I know some people, but I don't have that, like, you know, deep friendships or I don't want to build those deep friendships or something like that. So I can definitely vibe with that because the, for me, so I, oh man, I was just like, where do I start? So, you know, anybody who's listened to me or, or been with me for a long time knows that there's a lot of thoughts and a lot of feels. So I'll just start with the simple phrase of like, I also felt like God called me out to go to Bali. I had never been to Indonesia. I didn't know where it was. I thought Bali was in Bollywood. I didn't even know that Bali and Indonesia were connected. Uh, like, Bali's I know Australia. about... Uh, uh, <laughs> Bali's part of Australia. I thought it was in India. 
because of Bollywood. Yes. I really believe that. And actually, Bali, you know, you might spell it B-O-L-L-Y, right? And that actually is a place. And I was like, oh, God. And I literally prayed, oh, God. Like, you know, I'm not, you know, saying like, oh, God. But, oh, God, like, I don't want to go to India. I was like, go to Bali. All right. You know, I'm not a really big fan of curry and spicy food and, like, all that stuff. But I guess I'll, I'll go. And, you know, it really was an answer to prayer that it was in Indonesia. So... Well, there's still a lot of spicy food. There's a lot of spicy food. It's taken me like a decade to like be able to eat like that. So uh, I had a friend who was here and he was just like, oh, well, just like come out and you can work for me and we're going to do this kind of business stuff. But I don't think he anticipated how hard it was for foreigners to work here. Mm. And I don't think that I knew, I was pretty ignorant when it came to like the idea that you had to have some sort of work permit to work in a country that wasn't your homeland yeah. or something like that. So I just came here and I, I honestly did. I had a hundred dollars and a one-way ticket. I had like one ticket out to Singapore, but there was no like return flight home. Yeah. That was in 2013. And wow. A hundred dollars. So, so I really, but I guess a hundred dollars would have gone a lot further than it does today. Though. I, yeah, it's still though, you know, it's just like, yeah, there was a hundred bucks and that was sort of like how I had lived my young adulthood. And, you know, even until the time when I was, even until I was married, it was like, oh, like I have just enough and then I'll float and then it'll be fine. And then something would come up and, and all of these things. So I came out here and there, there wasn't any sort of mission in mind or anything like that, except like I knew what God called me to do. And I always did this thing called um, I had this thing called a Jesus seat. And so it's like, God is supposed to go with you everywhere you go. And so on the airplane, when I was in college and I would fly back and, and forth to home, if there was a seat next to me, I would call that my Jesus seat. And so when I flew out here, and this is like how I totally knew because on the entire flight from the US all the way to Indonesia, there was a seat that was open next to me. And wow. I was like, I was like, this is my Jesus seat. And the great That's part so about nice. <laughs> the great part about Jesus on a flight is he doesn't take up any space. Yeah, and, and there's I, those stinky people next to you. <laughs> on my way out here once, I got sat by this really lovely man, and he smelled so oh. bad. So I would much rather have a Jesus seat than this smelly man next to me. No, there was this guy, I think there's, you know, four seats or three seats, and th there was only one guy in the row with me. So whether there were three or four, I don't remember, in like the, the long haul flight. And he was just like this older Asian man, and he sat down for the flight, and he didn't get up at all. For like, you know, and that long haul flight is, like, is, is a significant <laughs> amount of time. And so, until, you know, I, I came here, and I just said yes to everything. You know, any any way that I could make money, there was one time where there was this this guy and he was like, oh, he, he was older and he was trying to like digitize. He had like a collection of 2000 CDs mm -hmm. and he was like, oh, can you put these on an external hard drive for me and I'll pay you a couple hundred bucks. And I was like, yes. And so sure. just like putting all of these things into a CD. I didn't even have a CD drive in my computer. So I had to go out and buy one with like the last dime that I had to like external. 2012 MacBook still had a CD drive. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I did have that computer back then, but I think it was broken. 
I don't remember. I don't, it was too long ago. I remember that I couldn't do it. And so I had to get an external hard drive or external CD drive and I just did it and I made that a couple hundred bucks. And then, yeah, there was just everything. I just said yes to everything that came my way. And I think it was really just that God just sort of established me here. And then I went back home sort of like what you did. I was here for, I think, eight or 10 months, maybe a year. It was, it was less than a year, but more than eight months, eight to 12. And then my brother was getting married. So I went home for that. And everybody thought I was just going to stay home. Like my parents didn't really believe that I could make it because I was a little bit of a wild youth. And I was just like, you know, like, all right. I mean, you go to a foreign country, to a country you've never been, to a place where you never know anyone and you have a hundred dollars. Like, that's yeah. it. Like, you know, like Your that's- Your parents probably were like, this kid is insane. They had set aside money- To help to, you. To, to help me come back when I needed to come back, but I, I made it back all the way on my on my own. And then I made the decision to come back here. Uh, it was always in the plan. So, you know, and then we, you know, you just, you live life. And it's one of those things where like you tell the story in the beginning and then that was actually 2013, 2014. So that was, a, and then you're just like, yeah, we're like here today. You know, it's just like those stories and yeah. it's like, you know, and then they live their life. You're like, okay, well, what did you do over all of that time? You're like, uh, life. <laughs> I did life. Adulting. We did life. That's, I guess that's, you know, that's sort of what you do, you I guess. You became a father. <laughs> yeah, I have two kids. We have a, a business that's just tutoring, and, and that's really fun. And I work with homeschools because I was actually homeschooled. Does a dog child count? I don't know what. Because <laughs> I have <laughs> what is a dog child. <laughs> I have a dog and she's like my child. Does a dog child count as a child? That's a different topic for a different day <laughs> because I have a lot of thoughts about people who call, that's like my brother just had a baby, you know, shout out to baby Calvin. And for a long time. By the time this video releases, <laughs> baby Calvin will be like 10 years old. <laughs> just kidding. No. <laughs> so. He, they had animals in the room, you know, and people do this all the time now. It's a very 20, it's like the 2010s to 2021. They're like, oh yeah, I got a dog just like my baby. I'm like, okay. Yeah. If you took your baby and just left it home all day <laughs> and you didn't have to worry about it, that would be child abuse and you could not do that. It's just not like, oh yeah, here's your cage, baby. And here's some food. Well... There's some people that take their dogs literally everywhere. That, so. is, that is true. I've seen the, you know, they have like the straps. The yeah, but you know, those straps are actually really bad for their backs. Yeah, because it puts all the weight. Puts, puts no, it puts, work. no, it's bad for the, the puppies, for oh, the, the dog. Oh, because, no. you know, dogs are meant to be upright. Yeah, yeah. Well, everybody, you know, they're meant to be upright. And when you put them there, the weight of their head presses down. So they end up with like lower, is it lumbar? Lower, what, the, the bottom end of their spine. So basically what Justin's saying is that in a few years, all the dogs are just gonna be like squished. <laughs> well, you know, I, it's a little bit more nuanced than that. But yeah, right? Like, you know, imagine if you just, it, it's the same way, you know, if you're living in Asia and you see the women carrying the things on their heads, right? Yeah. And then over time, that pressure, because gravity pulls it down, then they have upper upper spinal issues. And so they're a little bit more curved yeah. like that. So I think that, yeah, don't so, do that to your pets. But your dog's kind of big. 
Moxie, Moxie. Imagine, Shout out to Moxie. Imagine if I'm just like carrying Moxie on the front of me. She's <laughs> <Just> like half <laughs> my size. She's like as big as you are. <laughs> Should have brought her here. She would be a great guest to have. Yeah, next time. Do you think that there's anything else about you that people would want to know or anything that you feel like you never tell people that you think is like, oh, you know what? I wish that people knew this about me because I think that it is more of a defining characteristic than you can see at the surface. Hmm. That's a great question. I'm not sure I know the answer to. I mean, I guess like. Like what's something you're proud of that nobody really knows about? Do you want all of YouTube and podcast land to, to know? That's like a major qualifier. I guess I'm proud that I actually got out of my comfort zone and actually did come here. Because like where I'm from, no one lives, leaves their hometown, right? Like literally on my Instagram and stuff, all of these people that I went to high school with are marrying people from our high school. Like they didn't date or anything in high school but mm. now they're all still in the same town yeah. and so they're all getting married and so i was just like you know what i'm actually glad that i got out of there like i'm such a hater on that like, like i really I'm hope so that proud that i like left the hometown and <laughs> didn't stay there for the rest of my life <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm i really want every this is going to be on the record i really want everybody to be happy and if you found your soulmate i'm very happy with that but I am a hater if people, I'm just like, oh. I'm like, do you remember when we were graduating, she was in ninth grade? Like, you know, it's just like, I don't know. I am a little <laughs> bit, we better cut this part. Oh <laughs> I am a hater when it comes to people. Don't show this to anyone from where I come from. Okay, okay. What's the craziest thing you've done since you've lived in Bali? I think the second, the, the craziest thing that I've done, and this is probably what I like, I think that it defines me is, well, is the first coming here is the second part. But then I was here and I came back and I lived here and then I was going home again for the summer. I don't remember exactly why I was going home, but I was going home for the summer and I was going home and I did this like what I call, what I call the possess the land tour. And so I went to four continents. I went from, I was in Bali. I went to Vietnam. I came back to Bali. No, I was in, yes. And then I went to Malaysia. And then I went to Thailand and then Germany and then New York. Is that four continents? There was somewhere else. Oh, I went to Abu Dhabi before. So I went from, then I went from, so I did like, Oh, this is what I did. I did Bali, Malaysia, Bali, Vietnam, Thailand, Abu Dhabi, Berlin, New York. Yeah, that's four. So four continents. And I booked my flight. So this is flights notwithstanding. I booked my flights and then I, it was one of those things. I must have gone with like 400 or $600, like to all of those places. Wow. And, and I landed... I landed in New York 
with 53 cents. And I really got a shout out to my friends that are amazing. Like, Cause I, I have, I have a really, really good college friend and we're still friends to this day. And when I, I, I told her of the situation and I was like, I'm going to come and I'm going to need you to feed me. And she was like, no, it's great. Like we'll get ramen and we'll just like, yeah, we'll watch Netflix and, and we won't have to go anywhere or anything. I'll like treat you to brunch one time since you haven't been to New York for a while. So that's what we did. And she just like got me ramen. And then my brother and his friend came and picked me up and we went home. And so, and so I think that that's probably the craziest thing that I've done. I just literally had no money. Not literally. I had like 400 bucks. And like, there was one time, like these people like brought us out to dinner and said they were going to like, they invited us. So I thought they were going to pay. <laughs> and then we went out to this like wonderful Korean place. It was so nice. And I was like, I'm glad they're paying. And then when the bill came, they were like, all right, now how are we going to split this? And I had to just be like, oh, I don't have money for that. Uh, like, I got to split it. You're paying. For I know. I was like, we're like, 100% and zero. Yeah. Zero. Like we'll split it 100 and zero. Cause I just like, I just did not have any money. And I just, I tried to do things like I rented a motorbike and we, we stayed in Northern Thailand and you know, just like, all right, God, what do you want me to do here? Cause I felt like this is what you want me to do. And so it's just like go North, East, South and West. And so I just walked around the city and like rode my motorbike and just went to the North. And I went through these like forests in Northern Thailand. And I was so scared there was gonna be like tigers but there were no tigers and there was like, yeah, there was, there was this one guy who like asked me for money and I was like, I don't have any money, but like, I'll pray for you, which is actually pretty bold. Cause I'm not really like that kind of a person where I'm just like, Oh yeah. Like whatever. But I was like, all right, what are you going to do? Kidnap me or something. So uh, that might have to be. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And so we did that and then I went to Abu Dhabi and, uh, I asked when we, I was getting off the plane, I didn't have, I had like money for like a bus ticket to go into the city. And so I drove the bus into the city and I, I must've walked around like 10 miles that day, but I didn't have any money for food or anything like that. And so before I got off the plane, I asked if they had any extra food and they had these like curry cakes that I just like put in my backpack and I just like walked around and for then- For the next month, Justin ate for the, curry cakes. I was only there for one day. I was only there for one day. But I had enough food to last me and I just like walked around to all of these places and I just watched the sunset on like the, what is it called? Like the Arabian Peninsula and the Persian Sea, the Persian Gulf, like right there. Just watched the sunset and I had my cakes. It was just like a beautiful oh, nice. experience, like just going around. So that was probably the craziest thing. I can't, you know, if it was my kids, I'd be like, what are you doing? But like at some point you just have to sort of be like, all right, well. I don't I think I can top that. So. Oh, I didn't know it was a competition. I would have toned it down. What what is uh what about you? What's some well I guess you moved out here too. Like that is you left everything behind. Yeah, but I didn't only have a hundred dollars, so I think your story is a bit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the craziest thing I've done? I don't know. I'm not a person to do like super, super, super crazy things. I guess the weirdest thing that I've done since I've lived in Indonesia. Well, let's keep it PG here, Laura. It's PG, but okay. if you're vegan, you might want to turn off this. No. Video. Can we put this online? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Okay. I went to Maidan to visit 
some people there and they took me to this like alligator farm and then they like gave us these live ducks and then they told us to throw it into the pond. Yeah, you can just like- Oh my gosh, I thought imagine. that was going in a totally different direction. I thought you were gonna, I thought it was about dogs or I thought it was about alligators and then I thought it was about live ducks and then, okay, that is that is very- So it, it was, it, there's 400 alligators in the pond. So you so they were just like, throw this duck in there and then you just sit there like, doo -doo -doo -doo, and then suddenly, Vroom. All the alligators come to the top. Slowly. Okay, how, now explain this for me. How do you throw a duck? Like where do you grip it? And like, you throw it like a baseball well, or you underhand? Like This is like super sad, but I understand that animals need to eat too. So they need to feed the alligators. So obviously they feed them the duck. So they grease the <laughs> no, duck. It's not obvious. I don't know if that's obvious, but okay. They grease the duck's wings so they can't fly away. Cause if you just throw them, then they can just, fly away if the wings aren't greased. And so, yeah, you just grab it, like, by, I don't know, like. Like, well, do you grab by the neck? Do you grab by the body? Do you grab the by body. the feet? Yeah. So your hands get greasy. Yeah. And then you just throw it over. And it sort of just like slides out of your hands. Yeah. Like it a was, baseball. It was like slightly disturbing. But it was also like slightly interesting at the same time because you just see all these alligators just like go to the top of the water and just start like slowly moving oh towards the duck. <laughs> and I'm sure they were like, oh yeah, like let's get this white girl over here to like watch what happens. <laughs> yeah. They're like, <laughs> I have it on video. So if you want to see it. Whoa, <laughs> you can overlay this as you're telling the story. I don't think people want to see this. I want to see it. I want to see it. I think you should put it up. It can be optional. Okay. I'll like, make it optional. You can make it optional. <laughs> Somehow. Like send it as like a like link in the description. Oh yeah. I'll put the link in the description. I think you should. I think you should. Well, I think for the first part, I think this is a great place to end it. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you guys know a little bit more about us. If you didn't know those stories, now you do. <laughs> if you guys have some stories, definitely post us on that because I'm always, you know, have you ever gone to a foreign country, have you ever done anything weird or, or something like yeah. that? Yeah. I don't know if you're in Let middle school. Let us know in the comments what the craziest thing you've ever done. Yeah. I don't know if you're in middle school and you tell me that you traveled like somewhere crazy with no money by yourself. I don't know if I would believe that. Well, we did have one student that just traveled by himself to Europe last week oh that is true so maybe but for privacy else. reasons we're not going to say anybody's name yeah <clears throat> no i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah so maybe maybe they've traveled alone <laughs> could be never could know be. anyways all right i guess we'll leave it there and we'll talk to you guys soon Bye.